Over the last few weeks, we've talked about this life that we say is blessed. And the definition that we said uh, is of a blessed life is an individual that enjoys the favor of God. And when it's all said and done, there are lots of decisions that one makes in order to enjoy that favor. God is more than kind to you and me. He's more than gracious. He gives and he gives and he gives. And what we come to understand is that there's nothing that we really do to earn those blessings. I mean, we try to live as faithfully and as wisely and as graciously and as godly as we can. But even that, it's not like we do this and then God does that. God just does good things, period. And he does them all the time. He does them every day. And we take a look around and and we see that and we're just thankful. We're simply thankful. And because of that attitude, we just, uh, we want to go and help everybody else to have that same blessed life. So God blesses us. We are grateful. And then in our gratitude, in our thankfulness, we then go out and want to try and help others to be blessed. So that when we say here at Edgewood, our entire uh, focus, our goal, our number one why, so to speak, is to help people find and follow Jesus. Because in finding Jesus, we've been blessed. In following Jesus, we're blessed more. And having enjoyed those blessings, then we encourage other people to find and follow Jesus. So they are blessed and blessed more. It's just simply the way that it is. Now, uh, what we tried to do and are still doing and finishing up today is giving, uh, uh, giving ourselves four simple things that identify that blessed life, okay? We said, uh, uh, just to, to begin a, a couple of weeks ago, we said first that, that we are blessed to give, And in giving, uh, we uh, pass those blessings on. God gives us things, and then we continue to give. And God, we we can't outgive God. He always gives us more. And we said that the key to a blessed life in regards to giving was a heart of generosity, okay? And we also said in the second week that we are blessed to serve, that God's given us time and talent and ability. And in using that time, along with the abilities and opportunities that God gives us, we serve, uh, we serve here in the ministries of the church to help that finding and following Jesus ha- happen more efficiently. And then we don't just do it here on Sunday. We, we do different things. We help our neighbors. We help our friends. We do different things in the community. And we said that the, uh, when it comes to uh, uh, serving, the blessed life is marked by a heart of humility we're humble because God's given us this time and this ability and we help others to do that blessed to give, blessed to serve and last week we talked about blessed to be here to worship together to to recognize that God really is God how great is our God, we sang that this morning And, and what marks the blessed life when it comes to worship is a heart of authenticity, of genuineness. We're not saying that we're something that we're not. And we're certainly not doing that before God because he knows us warts and all, so to speak. He knows the things that we're good at 
and really the, the things that we're not so good at, but we're coming before him honestly and, and, and being uh, faithful in that regard. Uh, blessed to give, blessed to serve, blessed to be here. And today we're talking about we're blessed to be together, the relationships that we have. Because what happens on a Sunday morning? We get 100, uh, 120 people in this room, and, and it's great. Hey, hi, how are you doing? It's good to see you again. But it, it's kind of uh, ships passing in the night a perspective. It's not the time to really uh, get to have a chat with one another. I, I know that those times do happen, but those are more the exceptions rather than the norm. It's the times where we meet each other for a cup of coffee or get into one another's homes and sit at the kitchen counter or at the dining room table or in the living room and, and we really learn about one another that's what it means to bl- be uh, blessed to be together and and what marks that blessed life we've had the heart of generosity the heart of humility a heart of authenticity but when it comes to blessed to being together what marks the blessed life is a heart of ever-growing maturity we're growing more and more to be like Jesus, because that's who we found and that's who we're following. Not necessarily for you to be like me or me to be like you, but for me to be like Jesus, more like Jesus, for you to be like Jesus, more like him. That is really what it's all about. Blessed to give, blessed to serve, blessed to be here and blessed to be together. There's a really interesting short conversation that takes place in Luke chapter 10. I, I actually think it's one of the first small group meetings in a home that takes place. And it's, it's one of those conversations when you read it, you can actually see this happening in somebody else's house. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 10. I'm going to use this to encourage you of, of why it's in, it really is important to be a part of a life group, to be a part of a small group ministry that happens throughout the week, uh, because there are really two simple viewpoints that are expressed here uh, in the, the, discu- the women that Jesus has a dis- uh, discussion with. So uh, Luke chapter 10, starting with verse uh, 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Here we are. It's a small group meeting. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted. So anytime, I, I'm gonna, we're going to have a little, because the kids are here, kids, I need your help today, okay? It's family Sunday, I need your help. It's audience participation Sunday. Are you ready, boys? Okay, you with me? I love that thumbs up stuff. Okay, so when I say the word Martha... All right. Now, you don't know this, but I, when I was your age, there was a, a show on television called The Brady Bunch. Okay? Everybody remember The Brady Bunch? Okay. Remember? Martha, Martha, Martha. You think it's Marsha, but today I want you to say Martha, Martha, Martha. Okay? Let's try. Okay, boys. Seriously, lame. Just really, seriously, you're like Jets fans. What's going on, all right? Come on, come on, come on. Ready? Here we go. Dude, that's what I'm talking about, okay? So when I point, yes, okay? When I point, you're awesome. That's what I'm saying right now, okay? All right. 
She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet to do what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had been made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or only one. Martha has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. The first view is really, really simple. The first viewpoint here, it's really the difference between Mary and Martha. Here I am standing up telling you that we've been talking about giving, we've been talking about serving, we've been talking about being here for worship, attending the services, and now I'm encouraging you to, if you, uh, for many of you already are, I'm I'm looking at familiar faces, I know uh, some of the groups that you go to, but if you're not participating in a life group, I want to encourage you to participate in a life group in the middle of the week at somebody's home. Now when I say that to you, you're, you're looking at me and you're going, Do you know what my schedule's like? Do you understand what I'm trying to do? I mean, there are are two or three kids at home, but really when they all get together, it's like there are 30 or 40 kids, and I clean the house in the morning, and and I gotta clean the house in the afternoon, uh, and and, uh, if, if... and then I've got to uh, take off, or if I'm working, I, I got to clean and get everybody to school, and then I just barely get home in time, and I got to get them from school, and then we got to go to practice, we got to do this. Going to a life group, this is Martha's viewpoint, is just one more thing to do. That's her viewpoint. It is, it, it's hard. That's the perspective. I mean, we live in a world, frankly, that we, uh, we overcommit and we underperform. We do it all the time. We try to pack eight days in a seven-day week, 54 weeks in a 52-week year, 30 hours in a 24-hour day. We try to do it all the time, and, and we know we can't do it, but still, we do this every single week. And we are overwhelmed. And so when I stand up here and I say, I've got one more thing for you to do, some of times you're going, (sighs) and some of you right now are thinking, there's no way. There's just no way. You overcommit, and we underperform. There's little to no blessing when you feel forced, and you might think that I'm forcing you right now or maybe manipulating you to do that. There's no blessing, little to no blessing at all, if you feel forced to do something, and especially if you are the one forcing yourself to do it. It's really a viewpoint that says, I just, I've got too much work to do. It's just one more thing. When I was in the Navy years ago, um, I remember the first time this happened, our, our skipper, our commanding officer came out and said that he, we were going to have a fun day. It was a rare day where uh, we weren't necessarily committed to doing some different things. And there was one day we could get the entire squadron and our, and our families could be in, invited, entire squadron out to a park and we'd, we'd have a cookout and, and do some games. And um, I'll never forget the first day that uh, this was announced it was going to happen. Uh, the guy in charge of uh, uh, my air crew room, he uh, basically said this, literally, this is a quote, 
you will be present and you will have fun. (laughs) So we changed it from a fun day to a mandatory fun day. That's what we called it. Uh, mandatory fun day. And I, and I remember when the announcement came out and, and we, 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 were, we were more like saying, Skipper, can we just have the day off? We're exhausted. We've been going nonstop, not for days, not for weeks, for months. Can we just have a mandatory nap day? That's really what we were saying. We had gone beyond our limit it was a challenge. Job expresses this rather succinctly. He says in uh, Job chapter 14, our time is limited. You've given us only so many months to live and have set limits we cannot go beyond. We try to put eight days in a seven-day week and four more hours in a 24-hour day. We're wore out. We're just absolutely wore out. And we try to do things well, but we end up doing most things average. And we accept it when things just get done. And we can't even begin to think if something were really done well. Because done is good enough. It really is a challenge. We're tired, we're impatient, we're stressed out, and more. Everything is tedious. Nothing seems beneficial. It's like Martha said. Martha, Martha, Martha. There you go. Come on, tune in. (laughs) Won't somebody help me? Won't somebody help me? There's only so much that we're able to do. We test the limits of our activities more often than we will give ourselves margin. Listen to me. We test the limits of our abilities more often than we give ourselves room to breathe, room to spend, room to do, room to be. We test our calendars. We test our pocketbooks. We test our relationships. We test our work limits. We test our family limits. We test our church limits. And we just keep on going. Before you know it, we're having a doctor's visit because our blood pressure is up. Or we're having a new word introduced to our emotional and intellectual and physical word, ang- world, anxiety. And we're frustrated and we're overwhelmed. We test our calendar, our friendships, our waistlines, our bottom lines. And if we learn anything at all, it's that we don't want to do that again. But we do it again. If we're willing to look a little longer at what happened, we realize that there were decisions that were made. Decisions last week, last month, a couple of years ago. We could choose to spend a little less or do a little less or not have that thing that we think we need. Or maybe if it's not about doing or doing without, maybe it's just choosing the things that matter over the things that don't matter because that really matters. There are days when the work needs to get done and then there are days when the work can wait. 
If all you can see is the task or the bill or the event, and you forget why you're involved with that task or why you're paying that bill or why you're going to that event, then maybe you need to ask why. See, that's why I say what I do to you every single Sunday. I give you our why every single Sunday. I tell you that we are here to find and follow Jesus. Why do I do that multiple times every single Sunday? Because we forget. We get sidetracked. We don't have enough margin in our day to remember And there's not a week that doesn't go by where we forget the things that matter and say to the things that do matter, okay, I'll get back to you tomorrow, this weekend, next Sunday, soon. We say it because sometimes we forget that Jesus wasn't supposed to adjust his life to ours. We're supposed to adjust our life to his. We say it because we can choose stuff and things and things that don't matter over Jesus every single day. If I make giving about me, then I will never be generous. If I make serving about me, then I will never be humble. If I make worship about me, I will never be authentic or genuine. And if I I make relationships about me, being together about me, the last thing I'm going to become is mature. There are a hundred reasons I can tell you. Uh, For those of you who are uh, parents of young kids, I have been where you are. My heart goes out to you. There are times when you guys walk in and I'm standing over in the far edge of the hallway and I see moms walk in and they, they haven't gone 10 feet inside the door and they're already tired. I know, I see those days. Or when you're walking out the door and you're just you're just wondering, Lord, will there ever be a miraculous event? I'm not talking about walking on water. I'm not talking about someone who's been dead for three days coming back to life. I just want to know if my kids can get in the car and buckle themselves in. (laughs) I see that. I remember that. I understand it. There are a hundred reasons that overwhelm me that I could say to Jesus, I don't really want to go to a life group. I don't have time to go to a life group. I can't fit one more thing in to another day or another week. And Jesus says, Shan, Shan, Shan. I know. But I'm telling you, you need to be with other believers. You need to grow the way that someone else in that group has grown. And someone else in that group group needs to grow the way that you've grown. They need to hear the burdens that you've been through, the challenges that you've been through, and you need to hear the burdens that they have been through and the challenges that uh, they have been through. So everybody can grow together. 
Martha's viewpoint was it's just one more thing that I have to do. But Mary chose to be with Jesus. And her viewpoint is this is something that I need to do. I need to do this. I need to spend time at the feet of Jesus. I need to spend time at the feet of Jesus with other people who are spending time at the feet of Jesus. Because there are too many days where I have blown it. And because I've blown it too many days, I don't want to blow it again. And if somebody else can give me some wisdom, if somebody else can give me some encouragement, if somebody else can help me grow to be more like Jesus, then that hour or two hours and the 20 minutes driving both ways that it will take for me to do that one night a week is worth every bit of it. I had my own Mary and Martha moment uh, a few weeks after I got here, a couple years ago. Actually, it was a few months. We had a young family that uh, purchased a home, and um, before they got in, there was going to have to be some significant remodeling. And after that significant remodeling, uh, before that significant remodeling, there had to be a demo day. And those of you who know me, you know I love demo day. Okay, uh, there is no problem that cannot be cured with a small explosive. And I just absolutely love just kind of pulling things apart. So um, showed up at the house. It was about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, plus or minus, And people just started pouring in. And before you know it, walls are coming down and floors are coming up and kitchen cabinets are going out. And, and, and I'm working in the bathroom and I'm taking out a, a, a vanity and I'm whacking and smacking and I'm kicking and I'm turning. And, and you know, it's not, it's, not a, it's not a specific or a, or a finished job. It's just smash and break and just pull it all out. It's, it's really actually a wonderful stress-relieving thing. So I'm smashing and I'm breaking apart this, this vanity. And, all, and then I suddenly realize nobody's there. There's only two of us left. Myself, the homeowner, and his brother. And I look around, where'd everybody go? It was a Wednesday night. I said, where'd everybody go? Oh, it's a small group time over at Stan's house. And for the first 15 seconds, I'm thinking, we got work to do. We got a house to tear up, and we got to get this stuff ready. But then I thought, no, they need to be there. They need to be together. They need to grow together. They need to encourage one another. They need to bless one another. They need to challenge one another. They need to make a difference in one another's lives because when it's all said and done, there will always be something to fix in the house. Can I get an amen on that one? There's always something to do. There's always more paperwork. There's always another bill to pay. There's always a mess to clean up. There's always another. But you don't get the opportunity to be with one another and to bless one another all the time. Frankly, that opportunity needs to be grown. Those opportunities need to be built up. Listen, I, do you know, uh, I'm getting to the point when I get up in the morning, one of the first things I do, I walk out, I let Dewey out to go chase whatever bird he needs to kill that day, uh, or mouse or whatever. And then I walk over the, to the coffee pot, I turn it on, I used to walk over and grab the remote and turn the television. I don't do that anymore. I don't. 
I'm sick and tired of hearing who's mad at who for something that they thought they did. Who shot who? Who stole from who? I love hearing the birds out my window and I'm thinking, God, thanks for my house. Thanks for my family. Thanks for my health. I don't need to listen to people who want to discourage me or frustrate me. I want to listen to people who are going to encourage me and give me wisdom. Sometimes I need to listen to challenges and convictions. But the reason why we participate and we encourage you to participate in a life group is you need to be with people that will encourage you. You need to be with people that will uh, uh, challenge you and give you wisdom. Because when you are encouraged, you are blessed. And when you're blessed, you want to bless somebody else. And you can do that by encouraging them. When you are challenged, you are blessed. And when you're blessed, you want to challenge somebody else so that they can get blessed. And so on and so on, because that's the way that it works. I can remember when Leslie and I were only married for a few years and, and uh, we started instant family. We didn't start one at a time. It was two at a time right away. And, and we were overwhelmed. And we had a parent uh, from church come in who also had twins and they said, oh, listen, just try this. This will be a whole lot better. Don't worry about that. It, it, who cares? And when it's all said and done, nobody really, they may say something about your house, but if they're talking about your house, ignore them. They may say something about the french fries underneath the car seat. Who cares? You can eat them tomorrow. All right? Because no, nobody cares. Because when it's all said and done, we've all been there. We've all been there with the mess over here and the frustrations over there. And what we'd actually like to hear from one another is it's going to be okay. You're going to get better at this. You're doing great. I've watched you grow. You're becoming a better dad. You're a better family. You're a better mom. I've seen you grow in Christ. Those are the things that we need to hear. And sometimes it's really smart to schedule a day in the middle of the week to say, I'm going to go and I'm going to be blessed and I'm going to bless people because that lasts a whole lot longer than today's newscast that's how that works that's why we get together that's why we grow together because since Jesus isn't here anymore physically but he's here in your life and in your mind and in your heart then you get to say this is how I learned to follow Jesus closely and so because I can see that you can use that encouragement that I got five years ago or five days ago or five hours ago then here that's how that works now just so there's no misunderstanding our groups are not neighborhood mutual admiration societies. We're not there to trade stories about how cool we are or how, much good, how many good things that we did. What we're there to do is say, this is what I learned from Jesus. Or this is what I need to learn from Jesus. This is what I used to think, but I don't think that anymore because God's helping me. He's transforming my mind. He's changing the way that I think so I can be more like Jesus. I like what the Bible says here in Hebrews chapter 10. So let us come near to God with a sincere heart. Let us come near boldly because our 
because of our faith. Our hearts have been sprinkled. Our minds have been cleansed from a sense of guilt. Our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold firmly to the hope uh, to the hope we claim to have. The God who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we can stir up one another to love. Let us help one another to do good works. And let us not give up meeting together. Some are in the habit of doing this. Instead, let us encourage one another with words of hope. Let us do this even more as you see Christ's return approaching. I love the one another things. You heard three of them. Right there, those, there's, there's sections all over the Bible that have just that one another phrase. I wrote down about nine or ten more. Love one another, bear one another's burdens, be devoted to one another, greet one another, encourage one another, serve one another, be kind and compassionate to one another, submit to one another, forgive one another, have humility toward one another, and on and on and on and on. I know that it's hard to add one more thing. But I've been doing groups now for over two decades. And I can remember, and most of the time I was doing groups on Sunday nights. And I can remember on Sunday afternoon just being tired. And Leslie and I would have a short marital moment at about 4.30. You can almost set your clock by it because it was time to kind of straighten up the house because people were coming over in about an, uh, 90 minutes. And we'd say, why are we doing this? We're tired, we're exhausted, we're wore out. But it never, ever, ever, ever failed. As soon as group started, we were so glad. It was so good to be together. It wasn't one more thing that I had to do. It was something that we needed to do. It blessed us. We always received more than we gave. We learned and we grew and we helped others to learn and grow. I want you to consider something uh, uh, during this same uh, summertime period. Listen, I know school's just getting out and, and, and vacation seasons are coming and, and the, the, our normal schedules are kind of uh, discombobulated and things. I, I understand. If you're already grow, going to a group, thank you so much. Be faithful in that. Consider inviting someone to go along with you, someone that you know isn't a part of a group right now or that might really benefit from some of the wisdom that you've received as you're in a group. Just consider doing that. Invite someone to come along. And, and I want you to know that even this Friday, we're going to be having a meeting with some group leaders. We're going to build up some things. We're going to be adding some more groups this summer. We're going to be setting up some more homes to meet in and having some more leaders uh, be, uh, be blessed and encouraged and, and excited to go out and do this. So be thinking about it. Be praying about uh, participating in a group when it comes this fall because the, the schedules are going to kind of be on and off and, and going. And we're hoping to, uh, we've got groups that meet on Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and, uh, and Thursday. We're hoping to add more opportunities so that they can do that, really trying to uh, pack those in in the middle of the week so they kind of get uh, a little bit of a get church on Sunday and then, and then maybe some time in the middle of the week to do that. It will bless your life. It will encourage you. Your life will be different in a really good way because of it. So I'd like to, for you to prayerfully consider participating in a group if you aren't already. And for those of you that are, you know how good it is 
be praying that God will bring someone into your life. And not just people who are here. People, uh, some people will have a hard time walking into the doors in this place on Sunday, but they might not have a difficult time at all walking into your house or with you, into somebody else's house. So sit down in the living room and just learn and grow together. Because it really is a blessing to have someone else pour their life into you and for you to pour your life into someone else. It is a blessing to be together. Father, you knew this a long time ago. You knew that one of the few things that goes with us into heaven are the relationships that we have here. And the first one is our relationship with you. Father, because of our foolishness, because of our sin, we damaged that relationship, but you sought us out. You came to us. You sent your son for us, and because of what he's done for us, we have the opportunity to have our relationship with you restored. And so, God, we thank you. We thank you for loving us, for blessing us, and encouraging us. Thank you for teaching us about how life really works and how we can take a deep breath and not put so much into our day or our week, but instead take time to be together and in being together, learn how to be more like Jesus. Father, help us to be more like him. This is our prayer in his name. Amen.